What is up? Jim Beaver here on Project Action on Podcast One here at the Polaris Razor Studio. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. I'm pretty sure, pretty damn sure we've got uh, probably got some new listeners today with my guest uh, on the hook that we got, my good friend Jonathan Coyle. I think you guys are going to be stoked on that. This is one of those that I've uh, been wanting to do. Uh, Actually, since I met the guy, uh, you know, obviously I went on Natalie Eva Marie's show with Jonathan Coyle that he co-hosts with his wife, and uh, we kind of became friends. We got this uh, really funny group uh, group text going on, and, uh, you know, this dude does a whole lot. You know, when we dive into this interview, I learned a lot about him, and uh, I think there's some stuff that comes out that you guys had absolutely no idea about, because I know I didn't, unless you're like Jonathan's super stalker or something like that, but... Uh, Really, really rock-solid interview with Jonathan Coyle. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Stoked to bring it to you this week on Project Action. Um, Actually, uh, in transit, as you guys are listening to this, to... um the Indianapolis Grand Prix uh, kickoff to uh, the month of May for the Indy 500 out there to do some interviews for uh, some of my other shows, the Down and Dirty Radio show. And then, uh, um, you know, obviously I've got this Project Action show and then I've got a new podcast. It's an off-road podcast. So I'm kind of all over the board. But uh, if you guys are actually on site in Indianapolis, I know we've got uh, fans from all over the country that tune in. But uh, tweet me at Jim Beaver 15 or, or Facebook or Instagram me, um, probably Instagram and Twitter Probably be the the most rock solid ways to get a hold of me though. Shoot me a DM or something. I'd love to uh, meet fans of the shows. I know I'll be out there bouncing around doing some uh, interviews with a bunch of IndyCar car drivers. But uh, always like to carve out time to to meet uh, you know fans of the shows or listeners. Uh, so definitely uh, hit me up at Jim Beaver fifteen on social media if you are uh, traveling and uh, um, you know would love to uh, you know if you're traveling out there to India. Love to meet you guys in the flesh. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, we're gonna, this is a long interview with Jonathan. So we're going to kind of keep this intro short today. I uh, do want to mention, though, if you haven't already, please go over to iTunes, subscribe to uh, Project Action. Uh, also subscribe to my other show, um, the Down and Dirty Radio Show. I would love to get you guys subscribed to both shows and uh, get cranked in on uh, all the action we're pumping through. Three shows a week, man. I think I must be mad. Literally losing my mind to do three shows a week. I would have never thought, but uh, somehow we are here and uh, we are doing it. So uh, yeah, make sure and check us out on iTunes. And we've had some amazing partners with us in this show here on Podcast One. You know, we've had one that was with us since day number one, and that is my good friends over there at True Car. And you know what? Obviously, if you listen to the show, you know I am a car guy. It's all about cars. I swap cars all the time. Uh, right now, I've got uh, Super Duty. I've got an STI, and I've got a Ford Raptor. Who knows what I'm going to have uh, You know, next. But uh, you know, if you're a car person like me or if you're not you know what you you've at some point you've got to get a car right well every car comes its way that share stories you know you got a ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date luxury package you got when you sprung after your big promotion maybe you saved some mileage on your car and you rode a bike all summer or, or walked to work well while you can't put a price tag on your stories now with true car you can at least find what your car's worth when it's time to sell or trade it in the mystery is solved just go to true car simply enter your license plate number and you know what magic 
quickly. All your car's details are going to pop right up. Then you answer a few questions. You got nav or you got moonroof? Well, they're going to bump your value up. But you got high mileage? Well, you knew it was going to cost you. Now you know how much it's going to ding your wallet, and you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes that you can take to a local certified dealer of your choosing to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True cash offer, it's not available in all areas. And you know, I am a massive, massive sports fan. And it's the beginning of the May, and the excitement in sports starts this month in a huge way. The NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, and more. Simply put, there is a ton of action going on right now. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1 and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. And you know what? My team, I was going for the Las Vegas Golden Knights and you know what? Uh, they're out of the NHL playoffs, so I've kind of moved on to Major League Baseball. Uh, and you know what? My Diamondbacks, they're off to a pretty good start. Only a few games behind the Dodgers in the NL West. Going to try and make a pl- run at the playoffs. And you know what? I think I'm going to slap down some money and bet on those D-backs to get into the playoffs and take the whole thing this year. Feeling that strong about the D-backs. But you know what? Don't sit on the sidelines. Be like me, right? Get in on the action. And don't forget, use the promo code PODCAST1 or text bet now to 238-669 and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus betonline.ag your online sports book experts and you know if you're like me you wake up every morning you got a to-do list literally a bunch of bullet points written down on a piece of paper whether it's drop off the dry cleaning send some emails pick up some milk go to the grocery store maybe you got to pay some bills well you know what I've got an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that to-do list. The good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do, go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you, yes, that is you listening right now, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket just may be the most rewarding thing that you do today. And with that, we are going to roll right into this interview with my good friend, Jonathan Coyle. I'd like to welcome my guest this week to Project Action on Podcast One. Uh, my good friend, I guess fellow Podcast One podcaster, Jonathan Coyle. Welcome to the show, buddy. I'm pumped to be on your show, man. Yeah. No, you know, it's funny because this whole deal, it's I, I laugh because you never know when you're going to come across people. And it's like, um, you know, this whole thing goes back to like last summer. I think podcast run one reached out and said, hey, you know, Natalie, Eva Marie's got this new show. Anybody want to interview her? And I was like, immediately was like, boom, yes, me. She comes on and then she's like, oh, you got to come on my show. Then I meet you guys. And it's like, you know, all of a sudden now we've got these group texts going on and all this other fun stuff. But I, I just love how things work out that way. And, you know, and all of a sudden we've become friends. I'm like, dude, you got a lot of shit to talk about. We got to get you on this show, you know, so stoked to finally be able to, you know, line everything up. I know I'm pumped to be on your show, and it's funny I was laughing too because I was about to get on here and and blow your spot up and tell all your fans like so you know you guys you guys love Jim I love Jim too but I text Jim re- regularly with questions about everything so I think uh, I'm happy to hear that you're you're stoked about those group text messages because yeah. it could go the opposite way we're like man 
I meet this guy, and now he's texting me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny, too, because I felt like I was going to ask you, too. It's I know my daughter, she's, like, drawing pictures for you guys and stuff like that. But how the hell was that? You know, because I, I felt like, you know, knowing it's weird when you watch a reality show and you actually know somebody on, on kind of a personal level. You know what I mean? I would say, like, how, you know, so my, my wife and daughter and I, we sat there and we watched Celebrity Big Brother with Natalie, you know. And I'm like, man, this is, like, crazy because I know her. And then. Dude, for you yeah. and not being able to talk to her in between, how tough was that on you? Because that's like a month where it's just like, hey, I'm going off the grid. And like I've traveled away from family, but not where you literally can't talk with them at all. I mean, that had to have been freaking tough on you, dude. You know what's crazy about that? So if anyone is not familiar with the, the setup for Big Brother, they take away all of their electronics. So they don't have no cell phones. Even within the house, there's no computers. There is no side outside communication whatsoever with anyone. And, uh, and as Jim said, it's for a month. Um, so the crazy thing about that is, you know, me and Natalie had pretty much, we had about three weeks to prep before we knew she was going in. So we kind of made sure that all of our business stuff was done. Everything she needed to sign was done. And we kind of just worked on that. And, you know, we spent some quality time together as well because we, we knew we would be apart. I thought it was going to be unbelievably difficult um, but the crazy thing is there's two things that worked in our favor. The first is that I'm used to her being on the road for WWE. So Natalie being gone is not something that I am unfamiliar with. Now, granted, it wasn't going to be for a month at a time, but she'd go on like the European tour and she'd be gone for, you know, 14 days here, 10 days there during the normal WWE cycle. She's probably gone, you know, four or five days out of the week, every week anyway, but never for a month. And so I thought this is going to be, you know, kind of similar, but a little bit different because of the length. Well, dude, those live feeds, that made it unbelievably easy for me. I felt like I was there with her. So, if, And if anyone doesn't know what the live feeds are, so Big Brother, there's about 120 cameras all throughout that entire house. And there's camera operators that are operating them, but they're doing it almost like kind of how we do our drone system. They're doing it by kind of remote control yeah. behind the scenes. So they can't see them. But those cameras that are going nonstop also are live streaming to the Internet. So if you subscribe to CBS, whatever, uh, their premium package or whatever that is, you can go on and you can watch live what's going on inside that house. So I would literally wake up in the morning and I would go and get my tea and all that and hang out with the dogs. And on my TV, I had Natalie getting up and doing her routine as well. So I felt like I was creepily there. It was very <laughs> weird. I, I didn't even think about that. Was there ever a point in the show where you're sitting at home, you're like, oh, what the hell are you doing, honey? Like, what what's going on? Don't do yeah. that. There had to be like a point where you're <laughs> just sitting there like, no, don't do that. <laughs> there was one time, so and, and it's actually pretty funny because, so with the live feeds, you see the live feeds in real time, and then the episode, you know, might air either, you know, within 24 hours or yeah. 48 hours, and so they'll pick stuff from the live feeds, obviously, and see what makes the actual TV show. But she came walking in all pumped up with Lolo talking about like, yeah, girl, we're going to make our final two, blah, 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 blah. And she didn't realize that Tamar is in bed. So Tamar is like wrapped up in the covers, lying in bed. And she's walking in talking about her final two at Lolo. And then Tamar's like, you know, I'm here, right? <laughs> and then Natalie tries to cover it. It's like, oh, yeah, no. Did I say final two? I meant final three. And I was like, babe. Like I was talking to the TV. I was like, oh, my God, just don't even don't try to play this off. Just own this. Just own this. 
So that was one time when I was talking to the TV pretty pretty regularly with her. Yeah. Well, and I know you guys have had like Tamar on your podcast and stuff like that since then. How is it for you? Because I'm sure this is people that you didn't know before Natalie did the show, and I think they don't even know who's going to be on there, right? But you now, you've got to meet these people you watched. I mean, like Tamar and I think Ricky, right? And I mean, how, how is that for you, like getting to meet these people now and stuff like that? It's crazy for me because, like, you know, you always have to think – I'm not a celebrity. My wife is a celebrity. So I'm the husband of a celebrity. So for me, like these are not work colleagues to me. Yeah. These are people like I grew up in college. Ricky Williams was the man. Yeah, like right? I literally, I would watch, I would watch, I'm not even a big football fan, but I would watch games just to watch him because his running was so, it was, it was more than just running. I would say it was an art form and, you know, people can agree or disagree about that, but he was amazing, amazing to watch. So I would watch just to watch him. Um, Tamar, I mean, my God, so that girl has a voice like uh, most people would kill for. Uh, so when I meet them, I'm not meeting them like how Natalie is like, oh, this is my friend or whatever. I'm like, oh, my God, this is Ricky Williams. So it's really, really weird for me. It's a, it's a strange, 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 strange thing to be the husband of someone that's famous. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring that up, too, because, like, you know, I, I've had people and, you know, you get people, too. They think, you know, Jonathan Quall, man, this guy's celebrity, you know, and this and that, you know, he's and but I like I don't put myself in those shoes. So it's like me, like I, I did, you know, program last year with Dak Shepard and the year before, like I've got to know like guys like Travis Pastrana on a really like personal level, you know, and it's like I see these and it's like I'm trying to hold it together here. I'm like, oh, we're supposed to be buddies and friends, <laughs> you know, and we are. But still in the back of your mind, you're like you're kind of like fanboying a little bit, you know, <laughs> like and it's like. Like, keep it together, Jimmy. Uh, I'm sure it's like it happens to you. me all the time, dude. It really does. And I try to play it cool. Like, you'll, I'll keep my mouth shut and I'll kind of, you know, nod my head. But you'll see I'm trying to, like, suppress this massive grin because I can't believe that I'm hanging out with these people. Yeah. Well, speaking of hanging out with people, I got to ask you, man, because I know recently um, you and Natalie kind of got some stuff going on with rain, which I actually coincidentally am drinking Melon Mania as we speak. Literally, no joke. That's a nice little slide. We'll plug. You know, plug the side <laughs> Hell <in there>. yeah. <laughs> um, but dude, the mountain, you want to talk about a guy like I'm envious, dude. You've got to hang out with this guy. This guy is massive, right? I mean, how is that? Because he seems like the nicest guy in the world, um, but he's just huge. Like he's got to be intimidating walking up to this guy. He is ultra intimidating walking up to. So the first time I met him wasn't even in, at this New York event. It was actually at the Arnold Classic in Ohio where he was competing. So we got to meet him backstage and he's like warming up about to go out and compete. And he's lifting this log that looks like it looks like a truck would need be needed to lift this log. And he's lifting it over his head and pressing it, pressing it. So he's just in like beast mode. And then he comes walking over and the guy is six, eight. 440 pounds. He's one of the biggest individuals I've ever seen in my entire life. You got to think I've been, you know, for many years backstage at WWE and those guys are all gigantic. Well, you're big yourself, dude. Like, I mean, you're big yourself. You're, you're pretty ripped. So it's like you being intimidated by him. That's saying something. I mean, listen, I'm six, two, two, twenty, two, thirty. And this guy, I, I shook his hand and I, I almost like, it was everything in me not to laugh because first of all, my hand was like a child's hand. You know when like a little girl comes to, you know how oh, I had to hold your hand? Like I felt like the little girl. And so then I'm, I'm shaking his hand, and then I start laughing in my head. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to try to like, you know, give the ultra, t- uh, ultra hard grip. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's the strongest man in the world. He's literally <laughs> the strongest man in the world. So what am I going to do? Try to give him the, you know, the, the vice grip? Yeah. He'll crush me. And then I'm not going to, it's like, what else do I do though? I can't give like a lip handshake either. <laughs> so it's just this weird, this weird stuff goes on in your head. But thank God. Honestly, Thor is 
one of the nicest, most genuine, down-to-earth, just cool people ever, which is amazing because he looks like he would bite my head off. Yeah. Well, I always laugh to you, and I don't know, and I should know, but I don't know if it's his girlfriend or his wife, but she's like, looks, she's just like this tiny thing compared to him, like in the pictures they post and stuff. And it's just like, it's so funny because he's just like, he's just that big. And I think, you know, obviously he's been on Game of Thrones and stuff like that. And I think they, you know, they haven't built up as this mountain, but like you see the pictures in real life, like he's literally that big, you know? So the first, the first thing, which is hilarious, his wife, Kelsey, who's also just a kick-ass individual, she's 5'2". So she really is a tiny girl anyway, right? And she's very fit, so she's, you know, she's, she's trim, so she's small. Um, so the two of them together, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny because he's, you know, like I said, 6'8", 440, and she's 5'2". She can't be more than 120, 118. Um, so it's pretty nuts. But the one thing that you addressed that blew my mind is you see him on Game of Thrones, and he looks big, but... You know, we're at, at 2019. We're pretty hip to TV. We're like, yeah, Tom Cruise. They make Tom Cruise look like he's six foot two, and the guy's <laughs> like five four. You know? Yeah. So you see the mountain, and you're thinking, okay, this guy's maybe like you know a solid six foot maybe, and they're just making him look gigantic. Game of Thrones does him no justice when you meet him in person. He is the biggest human you've ever seen. Dude, that is that is insane. It's rad though that it's rad though that he is he's nice, you know, because that guy just got to be intimidating. But yeah, I mean, you know, talking about that fitness, that you know, obviously you were at the Arnold Classic and stuff like that. But the only thing I found out interesting about you is it's like you know we'll talk about the fitness stuff in a minute. But I didn't realize until I started doing some research, you know, for this interview. You know, we've known each other what six months now, but I didn't realize, dude, like you've got some legit degrees, like a history degree, a master's in business, like you know. I I mean, how how did you go down this fitness path? Because, I mean, dude, like, I'm looking at things, and I know you kind of help with your and Natalie's business and things like that. Obviously, you've got the business mind, but, like, you've got all these crazy degrees in college and everything else, you know? Yeah, so I, I'm a nerd that just happened to start lifting weights is pretty much how that <laughs> how that went. I, uh, you know, so once I got out of business school, I, um, I worked for an energy conservation company for a while, uh, you know, did that. And then I ended up, I'm a big nerd. Like when I say I'm a big nerd, I'm like a, I'm like a Lord of the Rings nerd. Like I'm not like a nerd, like, Oh, I, I like a little bit of sci-fi here and there. I'm like, no, like I like swords and dragons and spells and I'm a total nerd. Oh, uh, like full so on, I ended like, up, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, like you, you go down the rabbit hole. Big time. So I ended up working at Blizzard Entertainment, which for people that don't oh, know, dude. it's the, uh, yep. It's the, the, the gaming company in Irvine, California, they make World of Warcraft, Diablo, Starcraft. And, uh, you know, so I was a big World of Warcraft player. So I started working there. And that's kind of, I mean, fitness to me was never anything that I even thought was more than just a hobby, to be honest. I just started doing a little bit of fitness here. I started doing CrossFit. But what I did, I think it's because of, because I was at Blizzard, I was around the technology and that, and that kind of aspect of it is that I was a very, very, uh, one of the first people to really start using Instagram for fitness. I would, uh, when Instagram was brand new back when it was only for people on iPhone and had those like cool filters, I yeah. was like, it's, it's kind of a hook. Um, I would take photos of my, my CrossFit workouts or my coach would then take photos of me while I was doing it. And that started to get a very, very good response on Instagram and it's kind of infancy stages. And then oddly enough, the first thing that happened is the CrossFit gym I was working at the, uh, the owner was like, Hey man, if you, you know, if you mention where you're working out at, I'll give you a free membership. And I was like, oh, my God, that's like $200 a month membership. It's, this is amazing. Like, what else can I do with this social media platform? If someone's going to give me 
a free membership for posting that I'm at this, you know, CrossFit gym, what else can I get from this if I start to develop it? And that's kind of where the business find kicked in. And that's where monetizing social media kind of came into play for me. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but now you do, we're opening up rabbit holes. So, uh, you know, you talked about working at Blizzard. Obviously, I, I'm super familiar with Blizzard. I, I game a little bit. I used to be heavier into it. Now I just don't have the time. I, I was actually a big Diablo player myself. But Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, man. I tried World of Warcraft, and I honestly, I just I couldn't quite get into it. I was a fan of the original Warcraft games, you know, but... Mm-hmm. Um, that were kind of more like StarCraft, and but I don't know. I I was big, a big Diablo fan, but um, yeah. So do you still game at all, or is it, I mean, you know, is that something that you still do regularly? Like I, I'm just like rabbit hole now. They're just throwing questions at you, but I'm like, I find that intriguing, man, because you got to be somewhat of into video games if you're going to take a job at Blizzard, right? Bro, I still play World of Warcraft now. In all fairness, in all fairness, I have not been on it probably in the past four months. But uh, I mean, when that new expansion came out. Battle for Azeroth, I like got my character fully geared, fully leveled up. I have some really kick-ass friends that I play with. Uh, you know, some of them are in New York, some of them are in uh, in Washington, in Oregon, and we kind of get on there, get on our headsets, and we just go tear tear it up. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely still playing World of Warcraft, and I'm definitely a, a high-level player. I'm not, I'm not one of those elite uh, player versus player PvP players. Yeah. My buddies are that I play with, so they kind of help me a little bit. But I would definitely say if 10 is like, you know, the, the, the professional, the best guys out there, I'm probably about an eight, I would say. So I'm definitely, definitely a major gamer. Yeah. Well, do you play anything other aside from Warcraft? I mean, I know when you're like heavy into War- World of Warcraft, I mean, that takes up a, dude, that's a time soak right there. Like you just, you know, I know you got to be like zoned in. Is there anything else that, uh, it, you know, I guess checks your boxes at all? You know what? World of Warcraft is like a full-time job. But yeah. I'll tell you one game that I have to say I lost about, I want to say, man, Natalie, I thought Natalie was going to kill me, by the way. It was over like like Christmas break a couple years back. Uh, and I literally played this game nonstop for probably three to four weeks. And when I say nonstop, I mean, I was falling asleep on the couch. It's The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. And then the expansions that came out for that. Oh, my God, dude. Like there's that. I think that's the best console game ever created with Fable. Fable's up there because Fable was kind of the first of its kind. Yeah. But I would say after Fable, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, definitely the best console game ever made. So you're an RPG kind of guy then, right? I mean, I, I'm getting I'm getting that feeling, right? You're an RPG guy. Cause Dude, you know, like Skyrim, totally, I've got into Skyrim. I'm a, I'm and a like, real nerd. Oh, yeah. Skyrim, wonderful game. Yeah, and, I uh, actually just Elder, picked it up Elder again. Scrolls too. Elder Scrolls make a great product. Yeah, I just picked up uh, Skyrim again on the Switch just because I, it's portable now, so I can throw it in my backpack when I'm traveling and actually play it on the go. So it's like I'm kind of just getting into uh, another playthrough of that. But like Fallouts, I've been into those before. I played a lot oh of the Final God, Fantasies. Oh my God, those are great. Yeah, so I don't know. It's one of those, I you know, growing up too, I wasn't like an RPG guy, but now as you get older, like I've got... Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't have time to be like one of those Call of Duty players that's sitting there, you know, like I've gone on to Call of Duty and it's not fun for me online because there's these 13 year old kids. That's all they do. And I just get destroyed. So <laughs> it's like, I've got into RPGs. I think as I, you know, as I've got older, it's kind of where I've, where I've gone just because I can kind of sink myself into them. And, you know, it's kind of one of those, you can play at your own pace type of thing. I could not agree more. Call of Duty. There's no room for me in Call of Duty. I, when <laughs> I love the game. But I can't play it online because, like you said, I'm getting they, – they don't even shoot me. They knife me. Yeah. Like that's, that's how <laughs> – they're unbelievable. I'm getting stabbed in the back. 
left and right by some uh, 13-year-old in <laughs> Korea. Yeah, and then I become one of those guys I hate because I'm like, I'm not going to get knives, so I find some place to camp out, and I just sit there like low, low <laughs> yeah. in my gun, hoping somebody runs by that I can shoot. Dude. I become that guy, you know? <laughs> Dude, I'm with you, man. You got you to get those kills in however you can, but like I, like, I stay away from the Call of Duty type games, just because, not because I don't enjoy them, but just because I just get steamrolled. Yeah, no, that's me. It's just, I'm like they need to have like the rookie, like the rookie thing where you're like you know level zero through ten or something, and like only those guys yeah. go in there. Like that would be where I I could be all right. But yeah, you start getting in there with those you know guys that are just crazy levels, and it's like it's over. It's no fun. I get like one kill to like thirty deaths in a match or something. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, just embarrassing. And I'm like, man, I used to be good. I used to be good at these games. Yeah, and then that's like my daughter. She's ten and she likes to game, and it's like even she smokes me, and she doesn't even like those games. And I'm like, man, I just need to retire from that, <laughs> yeah, that esports career or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, talking about the fitness side of things, though, man, I think you know, like moving into there, like you were talking about, you know, Instagram and stuff. Like, man, you're going back to the infancy with the filters, and I know they used to have things that looked like it was almost like in a, you know printed in a newspaper, like a like an old like yeah. film strip. Like some of those original Instagram filters are crazy, but you're talking about. Cross- CrossFit, dude, and back then that was like CrossFit in its infancy. That was before it kind of blew up to where it is now. Because CrossFit now is everywhere, you know. But you're talking back yeah. then, you know, that was that was kind of like CrossFit wasn't wasn't the CrossFit we know now. I mean, it was really like really in the beginning, right? One hundred percent. No one knew what it was, and I think that was kind of my hook. Is that I was like, whoa, what is he doing? That is crazy. Uh, he's climbing a rope. He's flipping a tire. Uh, he's taking a, 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 like a hammer to a tire. So I think that was kind of the appeal from the very beginning of it is that it was stuff that they weren't used to seeing. And then I was kind of packaging it in a, in, in a way kind of coming from gaming, kind of that shock and awe where you make things look really, really epic. And then the, the one thing that pretty much launched, uh, my career in fitness, I have to give it up to him, uh, Jonathan Barubi. So at the time he was the visual arts director of all the blizzards. So all the cinematics, right? He was a, star, a cinematics director. My, I apologize, not the visual arts. So he was in charge of all of cinematics for Blizzard. And so you know how those cinematics are. They're, they're unbelievable. So he got out. Uh, he rented out a, um, the, those big RE cameras, you know, the ones they used to shoot, like, uh, massive motion pictures. Yeah. He got a bunch of crew from Blizzard, all the rollers, the whole thing. And he did a uh, – it was a spec commercial for Nike, actually. Nike did not pick it up. But they wanted a pitch for like a CrossFit product, which ironically, Nike passed on that. And then Reebok then picked up CrossFit maybe like two years later. But at the time, it was like a pitch for an ad campaign for, for Nike. So he did like a spec commercial. And I did that for him. And then that video content, I mean, I think even now, it's got a couple million views on, on YouTube. It went, it went really, really big at the time. And then I started getting magazine offers and then endorsement offers and, and all that, which was hilarious because I was known as a CrossFit athlete. I was a CrossFit athlete who never competed in the CrossFit games, never went to regionals, never did any, any, never competed really other than just fun at my CrossFit box. But because of the marketing on, on social media, I was known as a, as a CrossFit athlete and ended up getting a bunch of endorsements and magazine stuff as a CrossFit athlete. So who knows? I, I say I was I was to CrossFit with Anna, what Anna Kornikova was to tennis. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I tell you what, if your career is as successful as hers, I mean, monetarily, I think you're doing all right, man. And she, <laughs> totally, you, man. I'm with you. I'll you know, take it. I'll take it. You know, and I think that's what's funny. Like, and I've learned within, with racing and uh, with whatever, you know, like Anna and tennis and you with CrossFit, like there comes a point where sometimes you want to fight it. You know what I mean? Like you want to fight it. You know what I mean? And I, you know, and then it comes a point in your career where you just embrace it. You know what I mean? And it was like for the longest time I was like, now I'm a race car driver. I'm not a media guy. And you know, I am a race car driver, but it was like, everybody wanted to pit, you know, no, you're like the TV and radio guy. And there got to be a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just embracing this. You know what I mean? And it's like, sometimes you just, you just got to embrace where things go, you know, cause that's when the money starts to come in. And it's like, you want to buck the trend and be like, no, that's not me. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, no, that really is me. You know? No, listen, dude, I'm, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was the same way too. And then I just kind of, like you said, I just, I'm like, you know what? Uh, I, <laughs> let's just roll with this. Yeah. And then once you roll with it, all of a sudden your, your life changes and it's, you're happy you did. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you know, talking about never competing and stuff like that, dude, like I see the pictures you post up and stuff. I mean, you're ripped buddy. And I've seen you in person, like, you know, it, you go to some place like the Arnold classic and, you know, and things like that. And you talked about CrossFit games. I mean, is there ever that itch to really get into the competition side of things or are you pretty just happy with the way things are? You know, I'm going to give you a super, super honest answer, right? The easy answer is like, oh, you know, I'm happy how it is, and I like getting the check and not blah, blah, blah. But the honest to God answer is at one point I really did want to compete in CrossFit, like very, very badly, and I very badly trained and, and tried for it. I'm just not good enough. I just – I literally – just that's the bottom line. I was never good enough to compete with those guys. Those guys are on a whole different level. I mean, they really are. They're, they're borderline superhumans, and I just – for it wasn't lack of trying it wasn't lack of training it wasn't lack of diet it wasn't lack of i mean i was training with guys that were going to the games but uh i just didn't have it in me uh for whatever reason to be able to compete at that level wow you know that that's saying something too because i know like i i've even like on your social media natalie's and stuff like that like I mean, dude, you're, you're wicked smart with this stuff. You know what I mean? And I know like with her personal training, you've been, you know, you've kind of helped walk her through that. And I mean, like, you know, as far as diets and just certain things and when you're X, X amount of time out from a certain thing, you know, you do this and like, I mean, you're wicked smart. So, I mean, you feel like the, the training side of things, maybe, you know, that's just where your forte has been. Yeah. And, and, and I did try to fight that for a while. You know, I wanted to be the athlete. I wanted to be the guy out there in the CrossFit games or the guy out in regionals or, um, but you know, they're like, that's how life is. There's certain, certain people have the, the, the genetic makeup, the ability to be the guy. Right. And most of us don't have that ability. And if we don't have that ability, that's quite all right, because there's always a, a spot for us all. So now, I mean, I train Natalie and Natalie is, since I've been training her is really, really, I mean, you see her, she's dialed in. Yeah. And, uh, and I think what we're going to do that kind of the next stage now is we've taken her, her website, natalieevenmarie.com and it's going to, it's, it's in the, it's like, if it's natalieevenmarie.com 1.0 right now. And we're essentially making it where it's going to be, where you go on every day and get your work out of the day. And there'll be a motivational video from Natalie for the week. And it'll be a really, really cheap subscription model. I think it's like $9 a month. And you get your workouts every single day um, because we have had so many questions. That's the number one question we get from everyone on social media is what do you do? What are your workouts? What's this? What's that? And after a while, I mean, I can't respond to everybody. Um, and so we just kind of made it. We're, we're making a hub where if you want to know how we train, you want to know the workout we did that day, sign on, pay nine dollars a month, super cheap. And uh, every day you get your workout. 
Yeah. Well, and I, I don't think that's any different than you see like these social media people with Patreon accounts and things like that. You know, I think it's kind of, you know, influencers, quote unquote influencers. That's just kind of where it's headed. Right. You know, it, it's, you know, people yeah. are doing that all the time. I, I look at sometimes these podcasters and stuff, they've got Patreon accounts and they're pulling in like, you know, 10, 15 grand a month on their podcast just from subscribers on Patreon. I'm like, holy crap, am I late to the game on this or what? Like- <laughs> Listen, I mean, I'm thinking it's funny you mentioned that. I, I, I forgot who I was talking to the other day, but they were talking about the Patreon, and I believe it was a podcast. And someone else was doing – it wasn't a podcast, but it was almost like kind of like lectures yeah. on different subject matter. And they're like, yeah, you know, they're pulling in like 15 grand a month off Patreon. And I was like, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Let me, what's this Patreon? Tell me, tell me about Patreon again. Let's hear about this some more. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, zoomed in. But I think that's probably where you're good. It's like, you've got the business degree, right? So this stuff and these ideas and, you know, and I know even like, you know, just because of what I've done, you know, you know, and I know we got you guys linked up with General Tire working on some other projects, but like, you're very knowledgeable on the business side of things. So that's where you can step in and run with a ball because, you know, especially with like, you know, brand growth and things like that, you know, because obviously, you know, it's not something you advertise, but you've got that degree you've got the book smarts in regards to that you know it's probably had to help a lot with not only your career but her career no it's worked out very very well so besides the fact that we've been able to actually start businesses that are successful which see i love that anyone that's like an influencer or in the public eye i highly highly recommend one way or another get like one or two little online businesses going because what it does is it takes the pressure off for the entertainment side of it as you know, the entertainment career, it's up and down, up and down, up yeah. and down and stressful. And, you know, this, it's really is a very, very, it's definitely probably from my experience, what I've seen is one of the most stressful careers. It's crazy. So utilizing either your social media following or, you know, a celebrity or your name to kind of sell skews in a different area, whether it just be a little bit here and a little bit there, that really, really helps. And, uh, I, that's the one thing where I have to say I'm really, really, it worked out very, very well that I have the background that I did and that I married Natalie and she kind of has, has soared in the way that she has because it's a good balance. She gets out there, she's, you know, shakes hands, kisses babies, and, uh, and then I'll just go make some money off the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's got to be fun things like you guys' podcast on Podcast One because that's, you know, it's called the Natalie Eva Marie Show, but it's very much as much Jonathan Coyle as Natalie Eva Marie. And that's going to kind of, when you guys can collaborate on stuff like that, that's that's got to be fun, you know, because there's that added dynamic of both of you there. You know, it's it's got to be kind of fun when you can collaborate like that and, and really both, you know, be as much a part of it as the other one. It's, the be- it's really the best. Like, I am so unbelievably blessed in my life that it is – it's crazy because think about every day I get to go with my wife, who is my best friend. So you're hanging out with not only your wife, but like the person that you get along with and have the most fun with. And then, for example, on let's just say on like a Tuesday, we get to go into Podcast One Studio in Beverly Hills. We sit down. There's a producer there who does all the stuff for us. We have a, like literally amazing guests come in and then we have kick ass conversations. And that's that. And that's like, I mean, who gets to do that? It's unbelievable. And then, for example, with like you're talking about rain. So I have an endorsement with rain now. Natalie has an endorsement with rain. We get to fly out together to New York to hang out with the mountain and shoot content. Like that's, I get to I get to work with my best friend. That is unbelievable and definitely something that I do not take for granted at all. And realize that there is a very very small percentage of people on the planet who are blessed in that way as I am. It's it's nuts. It's more than I could have dreamed of.
Yeah. Well, and it, it is funny you mentioned that because I, I feel like, you know, us and like I know me doing radio, podcasting, TV and racing. And, you know, obviously you're getting paid to do what you love and whether it be, you know, obviously podcasts, making some money and fitness and stuff. I, I feel like we, we have what we call, I know Jason Ellis, I had, he was on my show at one point and we were talking about this and he called it. He's like, Jimmy, we've got no job jobs. And he's like, it's the job <laughs> yeah. that's not really a job because we just love what we do, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. If you had told me when I was at, well, so I dropped out of law school. I did half of law school. Right. And so when I dropped out of law school, that's when I went to business school and got my MBA. But if you had told me in the middle of law school or even in business school that later on, my job is going to be to post photos of myself and my wife on social media and to <laughs> arrange like photo shoots of videos for products and to fly out and hold cans of an energy drink and go on a podcast and talk to people that I think are so dope. And like, there's no way I would have been like, yeah, maybe if I won the lottery, if I won the lotto (laughs) and was able to just retire and live life as fun, then maybe that is something that would be feasible, but it's unbelievable. It really is that, uh, that I get to do this for a living. It's nuts. Yeah, it, it is like, I'll be, you know, it's like the, it's like, I'm going to, you know, the Indies Grand Prix next week, which actually will be the week this airs. So this week, if you're listening to this, but, um, you know, I'm getting to go to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, right? I get to hang out with all these IndyCar drivers and I'm getting paid to be there. Like how many people their vacation is, is like, I want to go to the Indy 500. So they save up money. They fly there, they get hotel rooms, you know what I mean? And then they watch the racing. And uh, like, part of me is like, I'm getting paid to be here and hang out with these IndyCar drivers who everybody else is watching on TV or from a distance. I'm like, what weird world does this actually work? You know what I mean? I'm like, how did I get in this position? Because I'm like you, dude. I was just like, you know, like I, I have no business being where I'm at in life. I guess I made right decisions or whatever. But like part of me is just like, wow, I'm actually here. Like, it's surreal, you know? Uh, listen, I'm with you. So what do you, what do you think it is? Because I always rack my brain about that where I'm like, okay, listen, like there's no, it's not, okay. So hard work, people say, oh, you know, hard work, hard work. Yeah. But everybody works hard. Like anyone that's ever done anything decent in their life is a hard worker. And clearly it's not just hard work because who works harder? I mean, there's a million people that work harder than me. Look at anyone that's out there like picking fruit, right. Or anyone working two jobs in a factory they are working harder than me. So it's not hard work, right? Hard work isn't the only end all be all. It's definitely a factor in it because you can't be successful without hard work, but I'm not the hardest working person. And that's why these opportunities have come to me. Intelligence. I'm, I know, listen, as much as I think that I want to think that I'm smart, I know damn well that I'm not up in the top smartest people in the world. Like I'm that self-aware to know that I am not that smart. I'm above average intelligence. And then, is it luck? Like, what is it? Like, what do you think it is? Because I try to rack my, my brain around it. Like, how am I in this position? And I, I honestly don't have an answer for you. I don't know. Well, and I think, honestly, that's, it's kind of a rad topic, but I think, I think all of it goes, everything you mentioned, the hard work, um, you know, I think the luck, I, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, being smart. But I think, the, honestly, I think it's, originally i know with me and it sounds like with you with the whole um you know instagram and crossfit thing it it was being in the right place at the right time originally you know i know with me like I started my first online radio show back in 2011 it was before podcasting was there but it wasn't big yet 
And I just started doing my thing, and then it was like I was the only person in my segment doing my thing. And then it steamrolls into, you know, I've got three shows a week now and television contracts and, and brand endorsements and brand ambassador, and I'm traveling and making appearances and speaking engagements. And But it all started out being the right place at the right time. And then I was smart enough to realize that. I was lucky enough to get certain, you know, be, you know, get certain situations thrown my way. And I did work hard. You know what I mean? But like you said, I never outworked anybody, um, you know, because there's always somebody that's going to work an hour extra than you, you know, and not to say I don't pull, you know, burn the midnight oil sometimes. But I think, you know, the smarts and everything goes along with it. But I think like going back to you, it's probably being at the right place at the right time originally, you know, and then it was just everything else fall into place, you know, and everything you mentioned was part of it. You know, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you about the right place at the right time. I really think that's kind of what it what it boils down to. And then also having the, I guess the, I don't want to say humility because that is a little bit too pompous sounding. But like for example, for us, right, we were in the right place at the right time. We were doing the right thing. It may not, but then it kind of transitioned to something that we weren't originally trying to do, right? Like I wasn't originally trying to be a content creator. I was originally trying to do CrossFit. But I guess I had, once I started seeing that there was an opportunity, I think I had the humility to kind of like mold into where the opportunity was and maybe not try to be stubborn. I don't know. It's, it's very hard for me. The, the right place, the right time, 100%. And then maybe the openness to adapt as things start to adapt, that could be it too. Adaptability. Maybe right place, right time, and adaptability. Yeah, because you we we weren't like Ricky Williams, who was you know has God given talent, and the guy is just you know a ridiculous runner, and there was no doubt that he was going to be an NFL superstar, right? Like you and I, it totally. was like it was one of those like our paths, you know, it was kind of a bit of a roller coaster, and things kind of morphed and moved, and you know, it wasn't like we were born and we said, hey, we're going to be you know where we're at today. You know, Ricky Williams, I, you can go back to ten years old, and people knew that guy was going to run in the NFL, you know. Yeah, totally. I mean, hey, listen, it definitely, if anything, it should be given hope to people listening to this where they're like, wait, this guy, this guy, this guy, Jim's got this guy on who's made, uh, you know, a ton of money as a, as a fitness, as an athlete, and he's not an athlete. Yeah. So there you go, guys. And he'd rather be playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you can dream it, you can achieve it, my friend. Yeah. You know, and you know, that's what's funny, though. It's the truth. And I love, like, that's one thing I've loved about both you and Natalie, you know, and it's like, you know, behind the scenes, you guys really are just like some of the most humble, like real life people. And I've had people ask me like, hey, you know, Natalie and, and Jonathan, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, dude, they're, they're, you know, they're just real people. Like we, you know, you, and I think that's what's fun. You know, there's no arrogance about you guys. There's nothing. It's just, you guys are real people and you, you know, you approach people on a human level, you know, and I think that's one thing that's, you know, part of the reason why you guys have both been as successful as you guys have. But I, I do have to ask, you know, because you're one of those, like you said, you know, you just kind of came up and you, you know, obviously your, your wife's famous. You don't, I, I think you're famous, but you don't, you don't see it that way. But like when you guys were on Total Divas, how was that? Because all of a sudden now you're, you got reality TV filming you, dude. And that's not something you were probably expecting, right? <laughs> no. So that was, that was a really, really strange, a strange, strange time. Um, that was, that was really, really crazy. And I'll tell you the, the, the first couple, I guess, kind of the, the progression. So the first season I was a mess, dude. Like, because for, you got to think I'm a nerd from Blizzard. Like I'm not, <laughs> I, I was never, I never, I never wanted to be like an actor or to be on TV or to perform, right? Like I enjoyed, and that's why Instagram was good for me because it's a photo, right? Yeah. You take a photo, you look good in the photo. That's that. I'm not talking. I'm not speaking. I'm not, you know, so then you get on TV 
and you watch yourself and you're like, oh, my God, I squint too much. Oh, my God. I, I didn't I have a slight list and I didn't even realize that I had the slight list for 20, 28 years of my life until I got on this show. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have a list and I'm on national TV with a list. And then I'm blinking my eyes too much. It's so weird. And then while you're being filmed, you're it's very difficult to be natural, right? Because you're always trying to, like, look good, whether it be, like, the way you're positioning or standing yourself, like, physically look good, but also come across good as well. You don't want to come across as, like, some jerk or some whatever. So that's all going through your mind, and then you're having to, like, also interact. So it's a really, really weird, weird first season. By the time you get to season three, you just don't care. Like, you, don't, you, you forget the cameras are there, yeah. and you're very natural and very relaxed. And you're like, I could care less if I, like, throw up on camera. Like, I don't, don't even – who cares? Um, but the first – that first season, man, the stuff that's going on in your head is, is unbelievable. Every – if you thought you were self-conscious before, go on to a reality show and watch yourself back, and you'll become self-conscious about 55 more things you didn't even know you needed to be self-conscious about. Yeah. No, and it's funny because I know the first time I did TV, it was – Literally, it was one of those, you try and break in, you try and break in, and you finally get that call. Hey, we need you to do this, you know, and it was just literally a one-hour show on CBS Sports, like, you know, something. But you go and you watch that, and you immediately, they go, oh, you did amazing. And I'm like, oh, awesome. And then you get to watch it air on TV, and you're like, I was horrible. Like, uh, well, one, I need, I need to lose 10 pounds, and then, you know, I, I need to not say this, and I need to do this, and, you know, like, you pick yourself apart, and meanwhile, they're like, no, you were awesome, and I'm like, no, this is bad, and like you said, like, you pick yourself apart, and now, you know, fast forward, and I think I've done, I don't know how many, we were trying to tally it up the other day, it's like over 50 TV shows at this point, and it's like, like, I, I don't even care. I just go and roll with it. You know what I mean? It's like you just kind of yeah. just shoot from the hip and whatever, you know. But, uh, man, those first couple, like, it's like you you feel like you're under the microscope and you're not. Like, you're you're under your own personal microscope, but nobody else has got you under it, you know? No one else cares. That's the thing that was that, – that's amazing. Um, nobody else cares. And, and you got to think, I mean, you're getting broadcasted on national TV. And you know how it is. There's, a, there's always someone that wants to be a, a jerk. So yeah. – and no one cares. That's really the bottom line. So anyone, if they ever get that opportunity to get in front of TV and they're starting to, you know, if they think they're going to be scared or maybe that's preventing them from doing it, just do it. It's like repetition. Do it a bunch of times and pretty soon you could care less. And at the end of the day, literally no one cares except for you, honestly. Yeah. Well, talking about that, social media, how's how's that been? You know, obviously you and um, Natalie, too, like, you know, that, that's one of those I've, I've learned, you know, just in my career. And you guys have, you know, quite a bit, you know, especially her massive following compared to me. But like, man, I mean, people can be brutal on there, you know, and it's like, especially when you're out there and your public personality. I mean, how do you guys deal with that? You know, and you and, and obviously being in the fitness industry, because I'm sure you're you feel like, you know, there's certain people, you know, you know, just picking you apart at times. You know, people can be brutal. How do you how do you guys deal with that? You know, I know me like I've just kind of tried to tune it out and I just kind of ignore it. But man, some of that stuff, it's it's hard not to let it get to you, you know. It's definitely a progression. So <laughs> when Natalie first got signed to WWE and was on Total Divas and, you know, Raw, I think it was, yeah, it was Raw at the time because eventually she went to SmackDown. But, um, I mean, I would literally freak out at the comments because they come onto my page, right? Because, like, once again, nerd from Blizzard. Nothing now, – now it's not, – not only is it reality TV on E, but it's, now it's WWE as well <laughs> where, like, there's characters and – and all, I mean, the fans, like, they love to be brutal. It's, it's insane. 
Wrestling you fans get it are the later worst. On, you get it. And you, you, sorry, go ahead. I said wrestling fans are the worst, by the way. Like, because I'm a wrestling brutal. fan, dude. They're brutal. So now imagine this nerd from Blizzard who's on his Instagram with his like my fiance at the time, right? So I'm like super. Oh my god! Like in that lovey dovey, my fiance, da 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 phase. I think she's the most wonderful thing on the planet. I'm so proud of her. Now she's doing this, you know this uh, WWE career and this TV show. I'm on cloud nine and people are coming onto, onto my personal page, not even hers, where there's a photo of me and her being like, your girl or your girlfriend is only where she's at because she slept with Vince McMahon. <laughs> and like, she's a, you know, and all sorts of uh, disparaging. I words, hate to laugh, but that, that, that's so the wrestling community. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> so I used to argue with them. I'd be like, get off my page. You, you know, jerk. Da, 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 da. And uh, and Natalie was like, "Listen, man, you can't you can't be interacting with these people like that's you can't do it." Um, fast forward to now, dude, I could care less. People say all sorts of crazy stuff. I, sometimes if it's if it's something where they're going in, okay. So here's a scenario where I will block someone or I'll delete them. Is that if they say something negative to me, eh? Depends on what it is. If it's like if it's like racist or like really really messed up, then I'll just get rid of them, right? Uh, if it's like something like, oh, you are low-level insult, okay, whatever, I'll skip over it. Now, if another one of my followers will say something back to them like, hey, you need to like keep it together. This is on whatever his page, you know, be nice. And then they say something like really messed up to them, then I'll block that person because that's not cool. Like I, I have a thicker skin, but I don't know what that other person's skin is like. You know what I mean? Um, but unless it's like something really brutal or racist or like messed up, I, I don't even care anymore. I'll skip right over it. Yeah. They, but whereas, you know, four years ago, I'd be like uh, engaging in a conversation with them and trying to debate them and argue and then internalizing all these things. And why are people so mean and flipping out about it for a week? Yeah. Now it's just like roll with it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, yeah, now I'm like, whatever. I, I'm OK if people disagree with me. Like I'll post something and they disagree, like totally good with that. Like I'm one of those like it's it's cool. I, I like having conversations. It's OK to you know, agree to disagree and stuff. But when they start, you know, like you said, there, there's a line you draw there where it starts getting vulgar and violent and calling, you know, just it's like, yeah, we don't need this. Especially when they start fighting with other people that are following you. That's when I'm like, yeah, yeah done. Sorry. You know, yeah, exactly. Don't don't mess with don't mess with my followers. Get out of here. Yeah. Take so, rocks, buddy. Yeah. Well, speaking of social media and stuff like that, but it's got to be interesting the way things have morphed, especially, you know, with you and Natalie, because I know a lot, I mean, my contracts, I'm sure your guys' contracts are the same thing. Like, there's so much tied to social media, like, you know, X amount of posts a month or this or that. You know, it's got to be interesting the way that's all morphed with you guys and, you know, with your contracts and your guys' jobs, because I'm sure you're just as much, if not more than me, a lot of it's tied to, you know, social media promotion and posts and tagging and certain things, right? All of it. Yeah, that's that's the major. So we're we're lucky that we have our, our online businesses that are separate from all that. Um, they do very, very well just because of her, her following. But next to that, uh, even above the entertainment, our, our, the second biggest income generator for us is social media posts. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. 
That's crazy. But you know, it all ties in together, right though? I mean, you can promote your businesses, your podcasts, you know, all, you know, anytime she's on a TV show or something like that, it ties in and, you know, and I guess, you know, the growth of the social media accounts, it opens up these other opportunities and other things, you know, because it's like, you know, you're going up against somebody with, you know, 75,000 followers in here. You guys, you know, collectively have, you know, millions and millions, you know, it's like you guys weight is a little bit heavier than say somebody, you know, that that's just establishing themselves. Right. 100%. And listen to it's even it's bled over into into the acting world now, which is pretty that used to be kind of its own its own ecosystem, right? It was yeah. like, yeah, social media is one ecosystem and then, you know, acting is another ecosystem. It's nice if the actor or celebrity has a nice social media just because that's, you know, it can help with marketing, but it wasn't the end all be all. There'd be actors who just didn't even have a social media account and didn't need it because they're insulated in that ecosystem and they're known within that ecosystem and that's how they generate their work. It's no big deal. They didn't need it. Benefit if they did, but did not need it. It's completely different now. We talk to a lot of people uh, in in and I would say when I not like the top two percent, right? But like the you know the nice the the A the A minus guys, right? They, they'll straight up say we've been turned down for roles because our social media uh, isn't as good as this other person who might be like a B, B minus level. They're an A minus. The other person might be a B minus, but they're a B minus with millions of followers where the A minus person has a couple hundred thousand. Well, that guy will be passed over for the guy with the higher social. And they'll straight tell them the studio studios, they make no bones about it. They're always very transparent. They're like, yeah, you know, he has a better social or she has a better social. So we're going to go with them because it helps us in marketing. Yeah. Well, you wonder too, like the rock, the juggernaut he's becoming, he's an amazing actor, but he's also got one of the biggest, you know, Instagram followings in the world, right? You got to think people put him on because they know he's going to sell tickets, not just because of him acting, but because he's going to be like, Hey, go to this movie, hits the button and 50 million people see it. You know, it's like, listen, I would agree with that. I, I would, I would speculate that that probably is why he has been so successful in his movie career. Honestly. Well, I know that. that. Yeah, I know that personally. Like, I, you know, I go up against people that are on air talents, you know, in motorsports and action sports, and some of them may have, they're phenomenal talents, but they only may have two, three thousand Instagram followers. And here, you know, me, I've got, you know, half a million across all my accounts. And, uh, you know, I get jobs because it's like, hey, I've got a, you know, a staff writer that writes for my website. And, uh, you know, and, and those accounts, and I'm going to be at an event, I'm going to post about the event, I'll post, hey, I'm going to be on TV hosting this, you know, go and tune in. And, you know, and I know I get jobs, you know, but it's one of those, like, I, I'm transparent about it. And I think most of the organizations are too, you know, it's like, you know, you got to put in the work, whether it be growing your social following or other things, you know, now it's just, it all ties in together, you know? Yeah, it definitely, definitely does. So it's, it's crazy the the transition. Um, I mean, like we're talking kind of, you know, old school. Uh, well, you know, it's even more crazy. I had MySpace way back in the day when MySpace oh, was MySpace. like the cool new thing. Yeah. Uh, I think. The- and so to see the progression from MySpace to now Instagram and, and people are running businesses and making a fortune off of just one social media platform. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And the thing that gets me nervous, because I've got friends that are doing that, they're, you know, making just a crazy amount of money off of Instagram. And I'm like, what's the next big thing, though? When in- when the bottom falls out of Instagram, like, what are you going to have left? You know, and I, there's models like I, I know there's models that literally, you know, they've got, you know, you know, a few million Instagram followers. That's that's where their living comes from is just from Instagram. And I'm like, man, but 
when the bottom falls out, you know, like obviously you and Natalie, you've got your hands in all these different cookie jars, you know, but those people that are just dedicated to that one, I'm like, man, when the industry shifts, what's going to be left, you know? No. And listen, it, it will shift because I mean, before that, before they made that algorithm change, it was completely different. I mean, it was the wild, wild west. People were making probably three to four times what they're making now off of, off of Instagram before, because if anyone doesn't know the algorithm, you'll hear, you'll hear people complain about the algorithm. Before on Instagram, if you had a million, let's say you have like, okay, Natalie, she's got 4.2 million followers. So when she would do a post, that post would show up in real time in the feeds of all 4.2 million uh, followers. Yeah. And that's how it used to be before this quote-unquote algorithm change. Now with the change, that post will not do that. It'll show up at different times into only a small percentage of that entire 4.2 million. So it might show up in the feeds of 600,000 of her followers and not in real time. It'll be, you know, staggered over the course of like three or four days. And so you got to think you went from being able to instantly reach 4.2 million people with an advertisement to now it's a little bit more throttled. So that already changed the game in, in the, uh, the pay for post market. And if Instagram makes some, some really major changes, it could definitely bottom out a lot of people's, uh, livelihoods yeah well and i know even like facebook gosh i was you know this before instagram got big i was heavy on facebook and i've got six figure followers on facebook and i i that platform's almost become useless you know you post something up unless you want to throw 50 or 100 bucks at it like nobody's nobody's gonna see it like it's crazy like like you throw a post up and it's like a couple thousand people see it and i'm like where where are these hundreds of thousands of people at you know what i mean and facebook oh boost this post for 100 dollars to let you know twenty five thousand people see it i'm like what the hell is going on here you know and uh it's crazy but that like that a big investment and that big following of god it's still there if they'd ever shift the algorithm but i don't see it happening you know they want you to pay now it's pay to play yeah, I think that Instagram is going to go. They're, they've started to dip their feet towards that, and I think they're going to they're going to jump fully in within the next couple of years because I've noticed that too now with um with my posts. I've been experimenting a little bit because I'm like, man, my engagement has dropped massively since they made that change. Uh, like almost from like, what the hell? Why am I even posting then? Right? Like, what's 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 the point? Um, but what I've started to see is now they're really making a, a push for their IGTV. So even if you go to my, just, you know, you off the show as, as my friend, go on to my, my IG, I did a, like a fitness post, right? An actual normal, normal Instagram video post. And then immediately afterwards today, then the next post I did an IGTV video and the IGTV video is going to probably have, I would estimate, I haven't looked at it. I'd estimate it would probably have six times more views than the actual traditional video post because they're really trying to push IGTV. So they're show, they're having that show up in a lot more feeds. So I think that uh, if anyone is struggling with engagement on their video content right now, uh, start putting it to IGTV. And I think you're going to see a big, a big upshoot in your engagement. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even, you know, that's one of those, like I've played a little bit with IGTV and I'm pretty hip on all the algorithms and things like that, but I didn't, didn't realize that about the big push with IGTV. So like I'm learning stuff, you know, I could probably just talk social media platforms and stuff like that for (laughs) for quite a while. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. It's been, it's been fun catching up. I'm just looking through the list of stuff. I got so many things to ask you, you know, but it's like, I was going to ask you is one of those things that popped up in your feed a while back. And I earmarked that literally. And I had these notes from when I interviewed Jonathan, ask him <laughs> about this. 
dude, there was something you posted, and immediately I was like, is he in the hospital? Is he getting surgery on his face? You had like a vampire facial a while back. What the hell is that, dude? Because I literally, I saw it, and I kind of got scared for a minute. I was like, shit, Jonathan's in the hospital. And then I I started looking. I'm like, no, he's getting a facial done. What is that? Because, dude, that's like shocks you at first when you see that. Okay, so for anyone that hears facial, they think, oh, laying down with soothing music and somebody rubbing your face with like oils and all this kind of nice stuff. Uh, this is completely different. This is called a uh, PR, PRP, so platelet-rich plasma facial, also known as the vampire facial, which will make sense in a second when I kind of explain it because there's a lot of blood involved in this thing. It's gross. So what they do, essentially this platelet-rich plasma is They call it the Wolverine factor, right? It's the stuff in your blood that causes your skin to regenerate and to rejuvenate at that rapid pace. Uh, So it's kind of spread out. So think of like almost like if you're thinking of like a um, like a cup of water and let's say, you know, a quarter of that cup is this PRP. The rest of it is like all the other components of blood. Well, that's like very kind of diffused out. So what they do is they draw your blood they then take your blood. They put it into centrifuges and they extract the platelet-rich plasma away from everything else. So now you have these syringes filled of very concentrated, not diffused out through any other stuff, just straight concentrated um, platelet-rich plasma. They then take a, it's almost like a tattoo needle. I'm very, I'm very tattooed, yeah. so that's kind of the best analogy. It's very, very, it's like a multiple, very, very thin needles. Uh, it's almost like a tattoo gun. They then take it and they go across your face causing a bunch of little holes essentially right so you'll start to see all that's where you see all the blood because they're cutting you just like small perforated holes they then take that concentrated platelet-rich plasma and they put it into those holes and the purpose of it all is that that concentrated wolverine factor essentially goes in there and it rejuvenates and regenerates it really really quickly but that then creates new collagen new skin fresh you know all this other stuff and it's supposed to be really good for your skin to keep you looking young and to keep that collagen replenishing very, very uh, quickly and rapidly. Yeah. It's, I think I've looked into it. Like you said, tattoo needle, that makes the most sense, but it's just like shocking when you see that. I I was like, wow, like what, you know, what the actual fuck is going on here, you know? Um, But yeah, it it seems intense, but it's pretty, I mean, obviously you've had it done a couple times now, right? I mean, it's pretty legit. Yeah. I've had it done a couple of times and actually it is legit. And I'll tell you the, the places where I've seen the most uh, is that my under eyes, my under eyes generally are pretty kind of, kind of baggy. Um, the doctors have said it's because when someone that works out a lot, they lose a lot of fat. And so when they lose that fat from underneath their eyes, it kind of gives you that kind of like sunken in hollow eye kind of a look. Um, and so getting that done on my under eyes, I've definitely noticed it tighten that up a lot actually. Um, but once again, listen, here's the thing, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm fully honest. This stuff works because I'm told that it works, right? Like, I have no idea. Like, they're like, oh, we're going to cut your skin, and we're going to put this uh, platelet-rich plasma back, and I'm like, sign me up, <laughs> right? Like, I'm just, I have no idea. I have no idea what the science behind it really is. I, it sounds good. It sounds, like, convincing to me hearing about this platelet-rich plasma, and it makes sense. Well, once again, I have no idea. I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool. Sign me up. I'll give it a whirl. So uh, anyone listening to this, I've had good experiences with it, but I also am not a doctor and I have no idea uh, why or even if it really is anything. So don't 
don't go quoting me in your scientific journals about the the vampire facial. Yeah, here's a question. I know uh, you know as, as an athlete myself, like, and I haven't had the actual chance to try one yet. Just haven't. But they've got those, uh, I guess, the, kind of those cryo chambers that you have to go in, and it's supposed to really like rehab your muscles and things like that. You had a chance to do one of those? Yes, sir. I love cryo. Cryo is awesome. Um, it's very uncomfortable. But the cool thing about it is that it's very uncomfortable for like two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. So you can kind of like you know get through it. Um, the one thing that I do know is that the studies on cryo, so, okay, there's studies on saunas. The studies on saunas are very, very extensive. They've been done over since the seventies, right? So there's a lot of literature about the benefits of sauna. Essentially what the benefits of sauna are, are pretty much the same as the benefits of cryo. It's your, uh, basically like your protein plasmas in your body start to regenerate more. Um, it kind of helps with healing uh, it helps with like your your blood flow, heart, the whole deal. Pretty much everything you've always heard positive about a sauna. That is also what cryo does. Um, so if you don't like cryo, right? If you really are like, oh my god, this is like you know three minutes of uncomfortability. I don't like it. Or if you can't get to a cryo chamber, they're they're in California. They're pretty they're pretty accessible. But you know throughout the rest of the nation, I don't know how accessible a cryotherapy chamber is. Yeah. Uh, you can get the same benefits from sauna. The only difference is sauna. You got to be in there like 25 to 30 minutes, whereas cryo, you're there for like three minutes. So if anyone is interested in cryo for the benefits of it, but can't get to a cryo chamber, you can get pretty much the same benefits from a, from a sauna. Nice. Yeah. It's one of those, like I just, you know, I've been to some places where they've actually had them and it just honestly haven't had the chance to, to hop in one yet, but I, you know, I'm one of those old school guys. I grew up, you know, playing sports and stuff like that. You're in the ice bath, you know, and it's like, gosh, those things are hell on earth. And it's not for three minutes. It's like for 30 minutes, you know, and it's like until you become numb. So I'm like, man, if anything can expedite that process, count me in. So, so ice bath, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. So, uh, when, you know, obviously when, when I'm with Thor, it's pretty much, he he probably gets annoyed at me because I just ask him nonstop questions, right? Like literally everything. Uh, so one of them I started going down was like mobility because he's so big, but he's, his mobility and his range of motion is very, very good, especially for somebody that size. Yeah. So I'm like, what do you do? do you, I'm like, I, I, I mean, listen, man, I'm trying everything. I'm doing hot yoga. I'm getting grasped in technique on me. I'm getting regular massage and my mobility is still not that good. If anything, I'd say it's bad. Um, and so he's like, dude, what I do, I don't do any of that. I have a, in my, at my house, I have a, uh, a hot tub. And then I have another hot tub that I converted to like a cold plunge, essentially. So he does, I do hot to cold (laughs) therapy every night. So he'll be in the hot tub. He'll get super, super hot in that. And then he'll go right into like the freezing cold, like ice bath. Right. And he'll stay in there and then he'll go one. So that's what he swears by. He said he hasn't had any kind of like muscle injuries, like any real big, you know, tears and his mobility is good. And he's, and that's all that he does for that. Wow. That's, that's one of those. Yeah. So your ice bath is on point. Yeah. Well, I remember like, it reminds me like when we were in college, you know, we used to in Flagstaff and stuff like that. There was uh, like this place that had a, had a swimming pool and it had a hot tub, right? So you'd be in the hot tub and, you know, it literally, it's like, you know, below freezing out. And, you know, because it, you know, gets certain temperature in the day, the pool doesn't freeze over. So you're literally like, uh, you know, you're in the hot tub and it's like a hundred degrees and then you go and you jump in the pool. That's like 35 degrees. <laughs> and then you jump back in the hot <laughs> yeah, tub and, so, you know, you're all drunk yeah. when this is going on, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, but I'm like, oh, maybe there's some science to that now. Hey, I'll take it from Thor, man. 
that's how I am. He could tell me anything. He could be like, hey, man, you need to go out there and you need to essentially, uh, you know, jump into sand on your belly. Belly flopping into sand is what I do. I'd be like, I'd be out there belly flopping in sand. Yeah, yeah. He could he could definitely punk me and uh, <laughs> and prank me big time, and I would just do anything the guy tells me to do. Yeah. Who, who are you to argue with the world's strongest man and a guy that big, right? Not me. I'm just like, I'd right? Take, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take it from you. Do you know that I, I watched him at, uh, at the Arnold? I watched him deadlift over 1,000 pounds. Dude, that's crazy. I'm trying to think of my highest deadlift ever, and I think it was probably – my back's bad, and I know it's, you know, it's just – I don't know, deadlifts always killed me, but I think I'm in like the fours or something, maybe close to 500 pounds, but 1,000? Holy crap, that's dude. That's I've never broken five. I've gotten to like I – think, I think my best was like 465 or 470, and I was like – I almost passed out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you get that, like, that dizzy feeling. This guy's doing over a thousand pounds. That's just he crazy. broke his own record. <laughs> I, was, I was dying laughing. That's nuts. So speaking of that, before we let you go, I know obviously what's coming up next for you and uh, you and your wife there. Obviously, you're doing some stuff with rain. Rain. I'm assuming. Um, you know what's uh, you know what's up next for you guys? Yeah, so we're super pumped. Uh, rain Total Body Fuel brought us on as athletes. Natalie was Natalie and Thor were the first two athletes. She's the female face. He's the male face. Then they're starting to bring on like kind of athletes under them um and i got very very fortunate to get brought on and what rain is rain is a it's by monster energy it's a sports drink it's got 300 uh milligrams of caffeine it's got branch chain amino acids coq10 and a bunch of electrolytes so it's pretty much like a an all-around sports performance drink uh we're going to be going with them to i think the next the next event with them is going to be the anaheim fit expo here in orange county and i believe that's in the next uh you know four or five weeks coming up um, also natalieevesmarie.com. We just did that relaunch where you can go on there, subscribe for like nine bucks a month and you get your workout of the day, every single day. And you get a motivational Monday video from Natalie kind of talking about the, the week and how to stay motivated. And, uh, and then that's kind of where we're going. We've got NEM fashion as well. So if anyone wants any cool sunglasses, nemfashionstore.com. And that's the, the three projects we're going pretty heavily on right now. Yeah, it was funny the other day, and I posted up to my Instagram, and obviously, you know, it's funny because I've, Rain, like, I knew you guys had kind of repping it, and that's where I first heard about it, you know, and I'm one of those, like, I know people at every major energy drink, and I've always, you know, I can make a call and have pretty much a shipment of anything I want, but, like, I started, I went and I tried this, and I bought some, and I, I gotta tell you, this is, like, literally, it's become my go-to, like, it, stuff is really good, and you look what's in it, and no, you know, all the sugars and stuff like that's been cut out of it. And then uh, my daughter and I, we actually, one of these local convenience stores started carrying it. The other, and the other day we walk in and here's this literally life-size standup of Natalie standing there. And my daughter immediately <laughs> is like, you know, so I, I've literally, I've gone to the store owner now because I know him. And I'm like, when you guys get rid of this, like my daughter, she's got this like gymnastics kind of gym in our house and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. she's like, I need this in my gym, dad. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I'm like oh, talking to the store owner. Okay, I'm like, so we got to get the stand For the audience listening, for the audience listening, we love Jim's daughter. So we will get her sent one like immediately. So uh, when we get off when we get off the podcast, I'll, I'll text you and I'll get some information of like you know whatever whatever stuff she wants, and we'll get that sent over literally immediately because she's like our golden girl. We love her so much. Oh, dude, she, you're gonna make her day, right? So like literally, like she's like she fell in love with this thing. Dad, I need it for my gym, and I was just like, oh, I gotta tell you guys that. But no, that would be awesome if you guys could line that up, man. That would one hundred percent. That's a done world. deal. Um, but dude, Jonathan, I think we're over an hour. I think you and I could, I don't know. I feel like we need a part two at some point because like, I I've still got like,
like a line of questions and I'm like, you and I could just keep chatting and stuff like that. So, um, I know we, we gotta get, we still gotta get together sometime soon. I know you, me and Aunt Natalie have been talking about getting, doing some Raptor and some razor stuff and getting you out in the dirt. I know like time just got away. She ended up doing celebrity big brother and then spring's flown by now it's too damn hot. So it's like, man, we got to think of something for this <laughs> yeah. fall, you know? 100 percent dude it's funny uh i'm like oh wait wait, we did a podcast i felt like i was just like chatting with my buddy yeah no that that was it like i don't know we can yeah we, like i said i gotta make some socal trips this uh the next couple of months man we'll definitely have to get together in person again it's been a while been a while i started to think i'm like man we recorded that episode back in like september october or maybe november of natalie's show or your guys' show like I'm like man it's been a while you know it's been kind of crazy yeah things have flown by Dude, it's crazy how time flies. It really, really is. So, all right, buddy. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. And uh, you know, we'll definitely chat again soon. Thanks for having me. Definitely a good time with Jonathan Coyle. If you haven't already, go over and follow him on Instagram. Definitely worth the follow. He's always cranking out something, uh, something fun. I, I definitely feel like uh, we got a round two of that interview coming up at some point. But you know, if you like that interview and you like my show, you're gonna love. You're welcome with Chael Sonnen on Podcast One. You know, the UFC superstar. Uh, he interviews the hottest names in MMA about the world of competitive fighting and a whole lot more. Check out You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen every week on Apple Podcasts or on Podcast One. And uh, while you're at it, man, go over and check us out on iTunes as well. Hit that subscribe button, leave a rating and a review. Check out my other show, the Down and Dirty Radio Show, and the website downanddirtyshow.com. Give me a follow at for 15 on social media. And, uh, yeah, we are uh, cranking here on Project Action. Got some big interviews coming up the next couple of weeks. I think you're going to enjoy it uh thank you guys once again for the support couldn't do it without you guys thanks to true car thanks to my good friends over there at geico as well as betonline.ag and got to give a shout out to my good friends at my medic as well if you're looking for a first aid kit and i'm talking real deal first aid kits whether you're into fitness whether you uh you know like to ride dirt bikes or go out in your razors off-road race uh whether you're a hunter you're a fisherman you're an outdoorsman or you're just a soccer mom or you like uh you know going out on the boat on the weekend they have a first aid kit tailor made for you mymedic.com use the coupon code jim beaver it's going to get you 15 percent off check them out you'll be glad you did and with that we are going to see you guys next week right here on project action on podcast one have a great week